Hey now, welcome to All Things Wood Floor, brought to you by Wood Floor Business Magazine, the finest hardwood flooring publication on this planet, made for you here fresh for the hardwood flooring professional. I am Steve Diggins, your host, hardwood flooring wholesaler with Wood Pro Inc. I'm a flooring technician, inspector, certified flooring contractor, and three-time basement karaoke champion. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Michael Jenkins, the Construction and Consumer Business Director at Bostic. We're going to look at a bit of the adhesives manufacturing industry and how current market conditions have affected the uh, hardwood flooring industry collectively. Uh, A big ATWF welcome for Michael Jenkins. Wood floor pros, let's get to it. All right, Michael Jenkins, Boston Company. Welcome to All Things Wood Floor, sponsored by Wood Floor Business Magazine. Thank you for coming, sir. Ah, thank you, Steve. It's great to be here. So you saw my where I'm broadcasting from the beautiful Miami University, Oxford, Ohio, uh, not Florida. Brings back uh, great memories. Uh, actually, I'll tell you, <clears throat> my wife and I um, went to school together, and so we're considered a Miami merger. <laughs> so every, every year we get a Valentine's Day card from the university. Oh, boy, is that Pro- nice. Promptly followed by a request for donation. But uh, anyway. We've been doing a lot of broadcasting, or I call it broadcasting. We're doing interviews and things with um, hardwood flooring people in the industry, you know, which everybody's, you know, got their, their uh, hammer and their saw and their tools and their same equipment and everything. And we've been trying to think about, as we move down the line, is speaking with people from the industry that were brought up through it that have done... Um, it, like like where you're involved in manufacturing, I'm involved in wholesale supply. I know uh, Bostic Finley Company or Bostic Company. That's a really old company. If if I'm not mistaken, it started here in Boston. No, that that is absolutely correct. It was uh, it started uh, about 150 years ago as the Boston Blacking Company, and uh, it was uh, they used to produce shoe polish. And in fact, uh, in World War One, uh, most of the, sh- the soldiers, uh, U.S. soldiers in World, uh, World War One, had Boston blacking shoe polish on their boots. And we actually, from what I've been told, have the longest consecutively producing manufacturing site in the U.S., which is in Middleton, Massachusetts. I've, I've been there several times, and I know that the original plant, I think, was in Chelsea. And... Now, if I'm not mistaken, I've, I've been in the industry a long time. I started out in industrial sales with um, chemicals and things. And it, you're part of, are you in our chemical company? Yes, we are. Yep. And yep. Yeah, I looked a little bit online about that. It's pretty innovative what they, they do in the companies that they have holdings in, um, pollution prevention, safety, that. What, can you tell me a little bit about our chemical? Sure. Yeah, it's a very uh, kind of interesting story. Um, if you go back... Uh, 15 years ago, basically, Arkema did not exist. And the assets of Arkema and Bostic were owned by a French company called Total, which is an oil and gas company. They subsequently spun off a bunch of their specialized chemical assets, and that became a publicly traded business called Arkema on the Paris Stock Exchange. And then about five years ago, Arkema acquired Bostic from Total. Oh. So that's that's kind of how all the pieces work. And Arkema is more of an upstream molecular science business. Okay. And we're obviously more of a downstream uh, formulator 
uh, as an adhesives company. Yeah, in a famous adhesives company. It's interesting in our industry, in, in the Northeast, there's, there was never really that much going on in engineered flooring or glue-down flooring. And it literally, when the economy took a dive, you know, decades ago, and it seems to be this cyclical thing, if you study the history of flooring, it's about a 15-year cycle where things crash, whether it's a recession or a depression or a pandemic, then the market comes back and hardwood flooring is strong. And then what happens? There's not enough people. There's not enough labor. Construction goes through the roof, prices goes up, and where are we? We're, we're right back here again. But products that put us on the map back then, after the years of cold stick mastic and vats full of hot tar and whatever they use to put floors down, you got a Hall of Fame going. You've got EFA, which is one of my favorite. Everybody knows best. It's the Coca-Cola of adhesives. And I, now, I know that I see a lot of um, a green force out there. Yeah, yep. Is yep. that is that the new one? Is that the yeah? That, that's probably the 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 most recent kind of blockbuster, iconic block, blockbuster, like you're talking about. Yep. Um, you know, historically going back to Bostic's Best, which really started the shift towards urethanes, which gave a you know gives a, a very tenacious bond, some uh, some pretty good moisture vapor protection. Okay. The the issue with more uh, with the urethanes can be if it if it hardens on a surface like uh, a finished piece on the, on the finished side of hardwood, it can destroy the wood. Right. Um, so, so you have to be very careful as an installer. And, uh, and it's not always as easy to clean up. There was a new technology which came out, which is a polymer-based, which was easy to clean, easy to work with. The bond strength wasn't quite what urethane was, and nor was the moisture vapor protection. Right. So we worked a number of years back, saw the opportunity to bring the best of both technologies into one. And that's really what launched um, Greenforce. So it's uh, what we call Axios technology. Well, when you're working with elastometric adhesives and that, I know a lot of times in in our end of it, you know, a contractor wants the floor to stick and it's got you know, it's, it's got to have its mechanical bond. It's got to do what it needs to do. But sometimes on my end of it, on your end of it, people forget there are other properties. There's moisture and there's sound deadening. And I know I've had to be on projects with engineers and architects and designers that need to know the IIC, SDC ratings and what will it do for sound. And even more importantly, is there moisture barrier? Is there moisture protection? It it seems like, you know, Bostic in, in that format seems to be, you know, always at the head of the charge. And a lot of people are, you know, you're the tail that, that wagged the dog. Um, if we could just get people to stop asking for Bostic adhesive, we'd be fine. <laughs> I've worked for both companies and people yeah. interchange. You, you, I, you must get that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I was in the mechanical fastening business at one time working for a competitor of Bostitch. So oh, there you go. Yeah, people say that all the time. I, I worked in pneumatic tools for years with them, and I, I loved it. I, you know what? If I ever got out of this and retired, I'd go work the tool aisle someplace. It's, it's still my yeah. favorite place to be. We were, I agree. It's I mentioned a little bit earlier. You know, about the industry and the cycles it in, you would probably be really super in tune with what's going on at, at Bostic and in the adhesive industry, the flooring industry, with regard to the impact from the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously been a very dynamic time and challenging time, quite frankly, for all of us in the manufacturing space over the last, um, really going back to, uh, to, to April of last year. Um, just to rewind on that a bit, you know, obviously the pandemic really started to hit in mid-March and uh, we started to see the effects of businesses and everybody pulling back at the second half of March. 
you know, for us, the uh, second quarter of last year, we saw, you know, across the board, kind of a 50% type of drop uh, as a manufacturer and in demand in various areas. And, uh, you know, nobody knew where this was going, how deep it was going to get, where the bottom was, et cetera. So it was a tough time. You know, uh, we, we definitely, like a lot of businesses, were, were very uh, conservative in terms of our cash and making sure, but and did some things. We participated in some uh, reductions, some temporary reductions in our workforce, in our salary uh, of, for our workforce. So all of us who are salary participated in that. Um, ultimately we got through it, uh, like everybody. And, but I'm very proud. We, we did not let go any people as a result of the, the pandemic. So that was one of the key things that we were very, uh, working very hard to avoid. And we, and we did that. Yeah, that's and then quarter three, you know, quarter three came uh, about and we saw demand come, come back. In fact, way back, um, uh, resi- the uh, remodeling market was red hot as people were forced to spend more time in their houses and looking at their walls and floors and everything else wanting to do something. And uh, so actually our demand level was way over budget in quarter three and quarter four. And it was really about trying to, uh, to, to, to staff up and to reach get the output levels able to, to hit that high level. So it was really, the year was, was quite the whipsaw between uh, quarter one being very solid quarter two being, extremely tough. And then three and four, we're really a uh, surge of huge demand. And then obviously we come into this year and, uh, you know, we're hoping for a bit more normalcy and uh, things changed again on us uh, in the raw material market. Seems like you went through the same cycle we did, or, or a lot of people did coming off of 2020. Everybody's so excited. Hey, 2020, <laughs> you know, we're gonna, it's going to be clear. Everything's, it was a, obviously it was a mess. But one of the things I did notice was you mentioned we got hit from every angle when we had the workers that could get into a new home, let's say down south where the weather is good and they could wear a mask and be alone all day. We could supply those, but then our manufacturers couldn't get lumber or they couldn't get it. They have it. Couldn't get a truck to us. It really crippled a lot of things. How do you how did I know it affected me as a distributor, but how do you think it affected you? Um, in with uh, your uh, inventory and raw materials for what you do? Yeah, well, just to complete last year, I mean, and all the way through the COVID experience, I mean, on average, I would say probably 10% of our our workforce was out on any given day, either due to, to positives, to quarantines or whatever. So, you know, I mean, that's a big deal as a manufacturer. And you can imagine 10% of your workforce is gone at any point in time and dealing with the surging demand and, and everything else, it definitely presented challenges. Um, you know, we, uh, as a team, had to really, you know, and of course, everybody's remote working at the same time. So kind of learning that experience at the same time, we're dealing with all these very real challenges. Um, you know, it was a it was a difficult environment. And, uh, you know, I, as, as we said, you know, we I think we built our momentum as we got through the year and we were coming into 21 feeling pretty good. And uh, we started to see some global raw material tightness beginning in late Q4. We saw that accelerate in January and February. And I should say, you know, part of the benefit for us about being part of Arkema, which is this very large global chemical company, is I think we we tend to have a, a broader view of the market and know what's coming two steps ahead because our 
our, our other businesses are in that space. And so they're, they already know. So we could really see this, this coming, this, this, this storm on the horizon. And then a literal storm hit, which was storm Uri oh in Texas on February 13th and just shut down all that chemical infrastructure uh, down there. And if you haven't seen the pictures, it's really quite dramatic um, because all those assets are outside. You know, I, I live in Wisconsin. Every, everything's contained in the walls here with a roof over it. But down there, uh, they're certainly not used to this level of, of cold and pro- prolonged cold. And uh, you had just a tremendous miles and miles of exposed infrastructure in the chemical industry that was completely ice encased. And a lot of that, the chemicals in that, those, those uh, pipes have low flash points, which means that they, if there is a leak, there could be an explosion. Right. And the chemical industry obviously is uh, very safety oriented because the costs are huge of not being. And so they had to go through and revalidate all that pipe and, Another, and it just put the whole industry back really weeks to months. And we're still suffering from limited supply as, I, as we sit here today towards the end of April from the storms that hit in between the 13th and 20th of February. What do you think is what gets slowed up? Uh, is, the, is it also the delivery of product, let's say from overseas in ships, or is it trucks, or is it that there's no people to produce the products because they're quarantining? What were the actual like effects of how this happened? Yeah, the the big. I mean, it's it's all of those things, oh, Steve. Yeah. I mean, there it's a you know it's a perfect storm, mm-hmm. uh, as they say, um, for all these things. The biggest thing for us being in the adhesive space is raw materials. Without raw materials, obviously, we can't produce. And so much of the raw material market in the U.S. goes through the state of Texas and the Gulf Shore area. And, and that's really where the storm was impacted the most. And again, this storm was a solid week of below freezing temperatures that really exposed all this infrastructure. So plants were down without any operation, just checking, you know, from a safety standpoint, all the pipes and everything for two to three weeks, zero production. And then as they came back online, it was limited production. And that's for the that's for the upstream raws, and then those get refined and converted through various other subprocessors and companies before they come to us as our raw materials. So it's it's truly a, a supply chain impact, which has been um, unprecedented. What, what what was the demand like on the other end while you're trying to f- struggle through all this? Were you kind of hanging there with demand because it slowed up, or was it that you we were like we were trying to take everything we could, keep everybody working. And for the people we had, it, we didn't have enough to do that. Was it, was that the other side of it busy or it was evened out? At yeah, the no, it was, uh, you know, we, we exited Q4 in a pretty good spot and coming into Q1 this year, uh, we had very strong demand and uh, especially in wood and hardwood mm-hmm. uh, was, was exceptionally good uh, coming into that period. So you know, we're, we're, it's still there. Obviously, we feel that the demand is very strong and um, it's really been a supply issue, unfortunately, uh, because of the, the overall supply chain, which has hampered our ability to, to, to produce to the level that we would like to. And so, you know, I don't think there's any shortage. It's not just Bostic. It's everybody who is impacted through these raw materials. And, uh, you know, if you go out and talk to distributors and, you know, and you probably know this yourself, Steve, it's uh, product is not 
is not as uh, available. There's just not as much inventory out there. And that's because of all these issues on the supply side. Did you see the same effect that we did um, where, you know, hardwood flooring jumped from 259 to 429 a foot? Did that happen with adhesives because of all this? Yeah, I mean, it's um, we definitely have been taking price uh, in the industry. So, you know, in the in the chemicals market, you know, as I said, uh, it's supply demand. Right. And things started to tighten Mm -hmm. in late quarter four. And so that's when pricing uh, changes started. And then obviously with the with the storms and the allocations, because um, one of the things that as a result of this is the manufacturers are on allocation of raw material from all the raw material companies. So clearly that provides an opportunity to change price levels from these companies to everyone. So yeah, we've seen, uh, we've seen plenty of double digit price increases this year. That must be helpful there to be part of Arkema because Arkema, because you're, I assume there's a pecking order. It's the same with uh, polyurethane based uh, products there's only so much you can get on a waiting list for and when it's ready it kind of has to be put out there proportionally to who the the bigger people are that are moving it and i assume that you guys move a lot of raw material yeah i mean that's clearly for us one of the great benefits of being part of a very large global company is that we have a relatively sophisticated purchasing group on a global basis and during this during this period of time where the market is very tight on raw materials, we've been able to move raw materials in globally um, from other regions to to help us to recover faster. Do, does so, your marketing and sales team or, or whatever team you could tell me that would be, do they look at market indicators for you and your sales team and say, look, at here's the housing market, here's the commercial market, here's, for instance, what are the markets that you would target with the, your division of Bostic, residential, commercial? Yeah, the, I mean, the, the business I run is the construction business for North America. And so um, it's it's those three primary sectors. It's, it's residential, new, it's remodeling, and commercial. And so, yeah, we look at the, we look at the, at, at permits, starts, other leading indicators, and then one or two, you know, primary indicators before that, you know, uh, lending rates, et cetera. How has how the housing market looked? Do you look at it? You have to look at it geographically. Maybe Boston's different than Tampa, Florida. Uh, how has the housing market looked for you folks recently? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, it's still very good. Yeah. Um, the, the housing market I- itself is good. Yeah. And we saw a big strengthening in, in March. Uh, the, the numbers just came out recently that, <clears throat> on a year-over-year basis, permits were up 30% and starts were up 37 wow. So clearly, that's really strong. Um, before that, on a year-to-date basis, starts were about a little bit behind, but permits were up. And of course, we all know permits are a leading indicator. So we see that strengthening. Um, I think there's a lot of very good fundamentals for the housing market for this to be sustained. Um, you know, interest rates, of course, are low. Coming out of COVID, one of the things that we believe is, um, you know, we believe in the urban flight um, uh, situation where people have been cooped up in many cases in these urban areas and small, high density living structures. And and the urbanization trend had been going on for a decade or more. You know, I think that this may create a pause for certain groups to uh, rethink their lifestyle. 
and 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 move back towards you know more suburban or uh, type living, uh, which obviously will drive single family housing. So yeah. uh, we we think that's there. Uh, clearly, you know one of the things that could limit us uh, moving forward would be the, the the level of inflation that we're taking on in terms of new construction. Obviously, between lumber and everything else, right now it's uh, there's a lot of inflation working its way through the system. Hi, everyone. This is Kim Walgren, the editor of Wood Floor Business. This episode of All Things Wood Floor is brought to you by Bostic Smart Adhesives. Bostic hardwood flooring installation systems are suitable for all projects where wood flooring is to be substrate bonded. For solid, engineered, bamboo, for any wood flooring, Bostic adhesives offer a unique scope of benefits that reduce risk and improve performance. Bostic makes installations faster, easier, and smarter. See for yourself at bostic.com backslash US. Now let's get back to our conversation with Bostic's Michael Jenkins. When you're trying to kind of prognosticate your future, you're, you're probably looking at quarterlies and that. Are you looking at trends and predictions right now just right in front of you? Or, or can you look a little further ahead now and see where the last quarter and the first quarter of next year is going? And it, is that all based on housing starts or, or there's other indicators for you with that as well? No, there, there's clearly other indicators. We look at the remodeling market and and those types of things. Um, you know, to be honest with you, it's been very difficult over the last year yeah, to, look too far, to look too far ahead. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, while we have certainly our budgeting process and we make underlying assumptions as to where the market's going to go, et cetera, it's been a real challenge uh, over the last year so. Uh, overall, though, I think, you know, we, we feel very good. We feel confident that in the next quarter to two quarters, you know, our economy is really going to get back on track in terms of people back to work, um, the vaccine, you know, getting to herd immunity, all of those types of things. We feel like that's going to happen in the next two quarters. And uh, and uh, I think we're bullish on the construction market. Commercial, it's got its, its challenges, obviously. Um, we'll have to see what people, the return to office component of this, and how people will view office space moving forward. Um, so to see if there's going to be new builds going on. Clearly, I think there'll be a lot of repurposing of existing space, which should drive, uh, you know, some, some remodeling and flooring business. Now, when we get down to what I deal with every day, which is contractors are specking out projects and, and we're doing far more, you know, engineered and, and glue down applications, et cetera. And then we try to do is get, it's really our duty, not the manufacturers as a wholesaler to get the contractor set up to use the product properly to avoid failures and this and that. Now, the department that you work with, do you also get involved with the, um, the, the technical do's and don'ts with the products as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I run the business, so I'm definitely not the most technical guy in the sure. group. Yeah. But uh, we have a full um, R&D team, of course, and then a technical services group as well. And so they will work with our teams uh, on, on, on really um, testing all the products, validating the level of performance. And then we, we view ourselves as a science-based company right. uh, rather than more of a marketing-oriented company. So what that means to us is when we say something on a TDS, you know, that that's really what we mean and that that's what the product can do. So, so yeah, we're very technical in nature. What do you think we, from just your experience, what are the more common uh, adhesive failures that you see? 
Yeah, I mean, I think in general, it's, you know, clearly moisture vapor is always one that, that people need to be very cognizant of, uh, particularly with, with hardwood. Um, spread rates um, and, and full coverage is always another one, okay. uh, particularly where you're using hardwood and uh, adhesives. And we have a number of these that also act as a moisture vapor barrier mm-hmm. that the, you have to have 100% coverage in order to have a barrier. So um, that, that's a key thing as well. Um, you know, it's, it's really just knowing your environment. And then obviously even a step before that, a good floor always start, starts with a flat and level substrate. Sure. So really making, doing, taking the time to make sure that you've got very good surface prep before you start your work. I find sometimes contractors, they, they skip right over just reading the, the, the directions on the back, which are brilliant. They're very well written. They're usually in several languages. And you know what I found is one of the really key things, the little diagram with the trowels. And I've been doing this forever. I'm a hardwood floor guy, but I wanted to get certified. The only place you can get certified as a flooring installer that I could find was out in Washington, D.C., and I studied for months, and I took that. It was a grueling exam. They put you in, a, in an office for four hours. They take – you think you just committed a crime. They take everything away but your wristwatch. No computers, <laughs> nothing. And that was a four-hour exam, but by the time I got done, I had to know how to you know, grout a shower and put glass in and do a carpet and whatever. The thing I really picked up on was after gluing down floors for decades now – and putting an engineered floor in, even testing adhesives for companies, et cetera, was how much I had not known a thing about what I was doing with a trowel. You read the, sure. you read the container, look at the schematic, make sure you get that and you're following that rate. We had entire segments on what a trowel does, and I was surprised it wasn't so much the configuration or the knot shape as far as the trowel seemed to be there to set the flow rate of the product you're using in almost an effort to guarantee for the manufacturer that the person putting it down was putting it down at the right rate, the right thickness, so that it would do the things that it does. And it really kind of, it drives me crazy when someone comes in and I I offer them a free trowel, the matching trowel, and they go, I got trowels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that comes true. You're you're absolutely right. And different, different products do have different trowel recommendations for that exact purpose. Um, back to your, your comment, though, about, you know, instructions, uh, you know, one of the things that we've done to supplement that as well is there's a lot of online now in terms of videos. And so if people are confused at all about which product and how to apply and all of that, um, you know, we're all the YouTube kind of generation now, even Absolutely. us older folks. And, uh, and so that's an easy source for information just to make sure uh, you fully understand, because as we all know, Callbacks and failures uh, will cost many, many, many more time, times the amount to do it right the first time and just take go slower but get it right the first time. You know, I see things a lot. I wrote a magazine article for Wood Floor Business Magazine. I worked for um, Ray Smith at Patriot Harbor Floors in Boston y- years ago, and he was that's my floor guy. He was the brightest guy I knew, and he was uh, an interact, international technical training person for for Bruce, which became Tripack, which became Armstrong. So for me to have one-on-one time with him for a long time, we, we really, we, we geek out on all this stuff. And one of the things he told me decades ago was, he, go, he said, you know, people put hardwood flooring engineered in the wrong way. It should go in backwards. 
And he explained it to me. He said, no, the, the tongue faces the wall behind you, and the groove goes forward. And most good manufacturers, if you look, people will say, well, why is the tongue on the wrong side? Because it's supposed to go in the other way. And he said, I'll tell you something. Next time you do a job, try it. And when you set that tongue down and in, you're not scooping glue and creating a piston, basically. And mm. if there is glue, it forces it down in and under the board and not through the top. Yeah. And... Um, I wrote a magazine article on it, and they, a lot of people just you know, dismissed it or said, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I get more cards and letters and texts and whatever saying, oh, my God, I just had the cleanest job I ever did. And you would yeah. know. What's the biggest – the one thing you guys invented that probably was really – was brilliant was like the, the Bostic baby wipes, <laughs> the, the yeah. wipes for cleaning. Because people yeah, – yeah. and I tell yeah. you, I think yeah, it's because people are we're putting in flooring the wrong way. And now with your newer products and other products – um, if you do have a little, you know, accident, you, you could take a cloth and, and rub it, and it won't stick to absolutely. a pre-finished floor. That's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Where did that technology Good come from? Good tip, though. I hadn't heard that. Uh, you'll be, you know what? I'll come do a training seminar with you. It, when people do it, it's, it's amazing. It does make a huge, huge, huge difference. And I will tell you this. I've looked at different people's um, um, manufacturer specs for installations. And my mother used to be an interpreter. She would speak many languages. Well, she would give me anything French, like uh, from up in Mirage or Mercier or somewhere in Canada. And they would have me look over, you know, was the warranty written legibly? Could somebody read it, et cetera? And I re- remember looking and going, wow, all the photos show. All right. The, the instructions say the right way to do an engineered floor read them they're perfectly clear and put the tongue back and yet every photo showed it forward there was a big manufacturer that did a thing for uh, engineered flooring product and there was a beautiful swoopy little troweled s curves which you, you really shouldn't be doing and mm. i'd say look at the the tongue just sticking into the glue they still i read their instructions they're right but the photographer still doesn't get it right so look into that. It's, it's a pretty interesting thing. And I tell you yeah. what, it made my engineers. I used to do all the Victoria's Secrets in the area, and they were all glued down, and it, it really made a huge difference. Um, I'm looking at some of the notes from all that, that that Wood Floor Business Magazine said, well, you know, I should talk with you about. And um, they were talking about three things with your adhesives, application techni- techniques, but also two other points how your adhesives relate with moisture and also sound mitigation, if you want to touch on those two things. Sure, sure. I mean, I think both those, you know, one one of the things that we've tried to do is to incorporate more technology into our product to help installers. And that means to either speed the job or eliminate secondary procedures. So some of the adhesives, uh, Greenforce is a perfect example where we've uh, built into that very strong moisture vapor protection into that product. And so basically you don't need to use a secondary, as long as you follow all the appropriate procedures and everything else, a lot of that is built in uh, to that product. And the same thing with, with other, um, other products that we have on the PU side as well. On the, on the uh, acoustic side, you know, obviously, a lot of people use quarter-inch cork or some sort of other secondary membrane. And typically, the way that application works is it's a glue, membrane, glue process before you, you apply the flooring. We have certain products where we've built in acoustic properties, are actually one of which has actually little beads of crumb rubber inside it. In fact, if you take off the, 
take some product out, it kind of looks like cookies and cream ice cream. Oh, yeah. You see these little beads in there. And, and what they do is two things. They, they actually act as a, as a sound buffeting uh, system. And because they're all the same uh, diameter, they act as a shock absorber. So they basically set the limit for the adhesive to make sure there's a right adhesive there. You could actually walk on wet boards and not bottom those boards out and squish the glue out and create a dead spot. So it acts as almost like a quality control and acoustic benefit at the same time. And that, that's UltraSet single step two. It's spec on a lot of big projects around the country, commercial jobs uh, for that reason. And obviously, you know, uh, people save a lot of money because you're not doing a glue down twice right. and you can eliminate the quarter inch core. I've seen something similar to that when uh, someone will pick up your product and, and they'll get the trowel and there's sometimes they'll make a little leveling clip. It's almost a similar uh, principle to what you're saying. That makes sense. Put the leveler in the product. It kind of takes the guessing game out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, it's quite a, quite an innovative product to have that uh, rubber in there to get, Real, uh, all right. There's a perm thing here. You, you've got um, moisture barrier, moisture retarder, etc. Do adhesives are they typically moisture retarders, barriers? Are they totally? Is there a perm rating that they come with, or can they block? It really, it depends. It really depends. Yeah, it really depends on the technology and whether or not that was spec'd in. You know, some of them will are built to withstand. They, they will. The, the adhesive bond will remain even up to very high RH levels, but they will allow the transmission of the vapor through the adhesive into the flooring. Okay. Others actually will act as a barrier okay. and stop the transmission uh, of it through the flooring. So, so people need to be very careful to, to thoroughly understand what adhesive they're buying and what the properties are um B bostic any new product launches anything new and different going on yeah yeah i mean uh the team's been busy we've all been remote but everybody's been working hard i mean r d has been in and uh, so we have some new products coming out this year um <clears throat> we have one that we're exceptionally excited about i think it's going to be a, a, a great step forward for the industry it's a moisture vapor uh protection system which will be roller applied and uh, very, um, um, it has a wide variety of applications. You can use it on hardwood. You can use it for resilient or LVT. You can use it for surface prep. It's easy to apply, and it's uh, it's uh, basically a technology that does not require a huge amount of PPE, uh, like some of the ones that are out there today. So, it's it's going to be a big product in the industry it's really going to help installers you mentioned your r d um tell me a little bit about bostic and their r d and, and what they do a lot of people in our industry are really the hands-on you know trunk slammers and the installers the technicians um a lot of outside salespeople in that that don't really get to you know go to a plant or go to a manufacturing facility and see what r d departments are doing today but there's a lot going sure. on sure sure yeah, in terms of our R&D group, you know, I mean, it's not just the people that are on our direct team. We are fortunate, as I said earlier, to be part of a bigger company. Uh, we have access to molecular scientists. We, as a global business, take the best innovations worldwide and share those between different countries. So we all kind of uh, can can rise uh, together. 
and um, and our group has been very active. We, as I said, they've um, uh, been working on new products. We've been um, and we we participate in many different business segments. So we've got hardwood, we've got resilient, uh, we have uh, tiling. Uh, we've got some great new products that have recently been launched on our tiling business. Uh, one of which is basically a system for adhering external facade panels right. to commercial uh, applications, uh, which will be another big technology, and then a sealant business for us as well. So there's innovation, and we, we have a very disciplined kind of pipeline process that we go through to vet these innovations and bring them to market. How many facilities roughly in the U.S.? I know it's you're worldwide. You have a lot of divisions and you own a lot of companies, but there's a, there's a lot more Bostic divisions in the U.S. alone than I thought there was. Yeah, well, we, we're structured in three kind of global pillars. There's a construction business, which I run for North America. There's what we call a non-wovens business, which is sales of adhesives for the diaper business on a global basis. And then there's industrial, which is adhesives consumed in a manufacturing process. Between all those business units in the, in the states, uh, there's about a dozen manufacturing sites. And then our regional headquarters is in um, Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, which is just west of Milwaukee. Half of those sites are construction sites. So you're in charge of North America. Yep. Well, you know, back, back to the point, though, I really do think one of the reasons why hardwood is seeing the resurgence. And you know that for the last couple of years, the, the, look, the wood look products have done better than wood in terms of growth and particularly LVT and SPC. Mm-hmm. And this year, you know, we've seen very, you know, those products are still doing well, SPC and LVT. However, we've really seen a resurgence in wood. And I think one of the, the questions that, you know, people could ask is, you know, obviously the generation that's younger than you and I uh, is even more sensitive to the environment and sustainability and, and natural um, materials and whether or not you know that would be something that that acts as a tailwind for for hardwood uh moving forward you know i think in the history of hardwood flooring uh one of the things is the fact that you know people are looking for value and quality in their home especially now with the with homes are worth and i used to do a lot of seminars and at the break i would say all right anybody here taking a break i will pay for your lunch if you can bring me back a new england real estate guide that says this home features beautiful carpet or laminate that's a lot of money to place that ad in there. It's going to say hardwood flooring. And yeah. you bring up a good point. We we sell SPC, WPC, um, the days of the laminate, good, bad, or indifferent, still come to the bottom line like you're saying. People want to see hardwood and something natural, but they want it to last and they want it to look good and not look fake. I saw the most beautiful ceramic tile the other day that looked like it looked like hardwood. It was pristinely looked like hardwood and you know that'll never wear out or have to be sanded and finished but that's our big movers right now our um spc more than anything the the waterproof water core stuff um which although you you probably never see another laminate again because the prices on spc wpc are coming down your point being taken uh people want something of value when they own a home Uh, i see some of the newer generation you know, right out of college, they're making good incomes, they're making investments in condos and apartments. I like a family, my son's done that. And I said, you know, they're only five years away from owning a home. They're not going to want plastic and they're not going to want 
too too much carpet, they're gonna they're gonna want their home to have hardwood in it or yeah. some version of that. It's still big. Yeah, no, I I mean I think all those materials, all those flooring types have a purpose, you know, for different segments. But I think people do appreciate obviously the beauty of wood and the natural qualities of wood and the fact that there's no two pieces on the planet that are alike. Yeah. You know, it's like a fingerprint. And so as people get to that level of you know, talking about their home and, and pride of their home, you know, nothing is a substitute for a natural wood floor. No, you bring up a good point, the the, the repetitiveness. Um, I, I walked into a, this Amish barn they were using for weddings. They decided to use um, an LVT product. And the only thing that was really discouraging was in a second I could see the redundancy. I don't think there was three pieces. Of, I saw the same knot almost every board other than which rotation it had been printed in. And the newer products, I see 10, 20 patterns that are totally different. And mm-hmm. the ones that actually use a wood veneer of some type, that takes that right out of, out of the whole situation. But, you know, when it gets super repetitive like that, uh, you can pick up on it. And in, instantly yeah. you, don't, you know it's not a hardwood floor. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think we'll always have that going for us. But I think, you know, the imitations out there are starting to look better and better and give people options. Well, you know what I love is for this year, if they put down 100,000 feet of SPC, in five years, I'll have that job. That'll be wood. Someone will say, I really liked it, but now we can afford yeah. to do this. So, yeah. well, and, let- and like you mentioned, there's been innovations in the wood industry. I mean, I think there are a lot of things going on in terms of, uh, of widths, of planks, of different treatments to make things more water, wood more waterproof. Uh, so I'm seeing a lot of innovation in our space as well that I, you know, I think will we'll continue to help grow the business. Well, I tell you, I really appreciate you spending the time with me here today. It's good to get uh, some forethought into what goes on behind the scenes, uh, up in the corporate world, uh, in the manufacturing world. You, you know, I, I used to teach a seminar on um, big box stores and how they relate to brick and mortar places, et cetera. And um, we'd take a break, we'd come back, and I'd have a video on the screen that would show, it would show a cockroach and a little plus sign and someone installing a floor and a big nuclear mushroom cloud. And people would gather in, I'd say, all right, let's learn something right now. When Armageddon comes, and there's fallout and everything else, two things left, people, cockroaches and hardwood floor installers. And people, <laughs> people look at you and I go, let me tell you, from being a hardwood floor installer and a wholesaler and a retailer and working in manufacturing and consulting in manufacturing, what I see a lot generationally is, the bigger flooring gets, like now, the sweep that we're in now, and the more money made, a lot of large corporations will bring in retailers and wholesalers, and they'll have plant visits and tours. And this, the people that don't get invited when the money's flowing are the little guy. But we all know, once those people on the other end, the installers who know what they're doing, if they say, your product's out, I don't like your product, you can, all the money in the world isn't going to save you. Bostick's been someone that's been around, that's been trustworthy for years, and so have a lot of other big companies. And you know what their focus is? Never losing sight of what a hardwood flooring contractor or flooring contractor's knowledge is doing for them. There's never enough of them. Very difficult to recreate them, but they're what keeps us all ticking. No, you're, you're absolutely right, Steve. I mean, we don't sell aesthetic products. We sell functional products, and really our end user is the contractor. That's the one that we get up uh, in the morning and go to bed at night thinking about how to make their life better. 
and innovate for for them. So, and you you sure do facilitate aesthetic products because. It, it, listen, it, it, no one remembers what the inner core of their drywall looks like. I, we, we, when I did flooring, you know, they'd have a big party when the house was done, and everybody would be there, and we'd show up, and the homeowner would push everyone aside and say, there's my floor, people. Now, there's the painter wants to kill me. And there's, you know, we just put the most expensive piece of furniture in their home, and we understand that. But I've seen some beautiful flooring jobs go really bad with wrong adhesive improper adhesive wrong towel i've literally long trowel i've literally seen somebody scoop out of the bottom of their bucket with a stick a paint stick and try to do the last eight feet and then ask what's wrong with your adhesive or your flooring so yeah it might not be aesthetic but boy you a really good product like yours and others uh, go a long way to making these flooring people successful well thank you yeah we really do think that we enable a long-term beautiful design so um well i really appreciate your time and we will talk soon sir thank you very much michael all right take care steve you got it man take care thanks for listening to this episode brought to you by bostic smart adhesives don't forget to subscribe to all things wood floor to be sure you don't miss a single episode